We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to BuzzBeat. On today's episode, we will be breaking down some film of Nick Smith Jr. We will be looking at 10 different clips of him at Arkansas and with the Summer League Hornets. We will look at both ends of the court, give our observations, both good and bad. But before we get into the podcast, be sure to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts that goes a long way in helping us out and getting recognized by Hornets fans. Depending on when and how you're listening to this, you may have both the audio version and the video platforms available to you. I think we do a good job of illustrating the plays, but it's helpful to have both the audio and the visuals on screen. Our BuzzBeat Plus subscribers will get their hands on both of these uh, different types of mediums a little bit quicker, and we thank you guys for your continued support on our Substack. Without further delay, let's break down some film on rookie Nick Smith Jr. All right, welcome in. We're back for another edition of BuzzBeat. We are on our third installment of this film breakdown. We've done one with Scoot Henderson prior to the draft. After the draft, we did one on Brandon Miller. And now today, we're going to do one on Nick Smith Jr. I'll be joined by Brian again for this one. But Spencer is also joining us uh, for the first time on one of these film breakdowns. Spencer, how's it going? Hey, doing good. Uh, no, I'm excited about this one. Uh, I might have enjoyed watching Nick more than any other Hornets rookie uh, or, or second-year player in Summer League. There wasn't a lot to like, as we all know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this guy. I really am. Uh, my comparison, just watching him, uh, and, and saw him a little bit Ar- at Arkansas, too, but uh, really dug in in Summer League. He's got some Jordan Clarkson stuff going on. Like, I, you know, I know he's kind of been billed as a point guard for for a while I don't really quite see him as a point guard see him more as like a a creator a score mentality you know undersized two but I, I think he's a I think he has a utility that can stick in Charlotte beyond his rookie contract I do yeah yeah I think he's like uh like a, like any sort of like primary role for him would be I think like an outlier type projection not like impossible but probably not something that's like bankable barring some sort of like unforeseen you know, passing development or whatever. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the like the Emmanuel quickly comp uh, with him. Like, I see a little bit of quickly just with like the shooting touch kind of. Um, but we can get into that um, a little bit more. And yeah, I think I think Smith was a, a, a had some nice moments. Um, and along with like Amari Bailey and James Naji are probably some of the like you know brighter spots of of summer league not that not to like say brandon miller didn't have some good moments either like he did but um i, I think smith like getting getting this guy with the 27th pick is uh like they may have found something um you know later in the first round here it'd be a great way to forgive the sins of that uh of that trade <laughs> uh, the, the uh jalen duran trade uh you know nick smith turns out to be something it's like all right well we got lucky here at least they got something yeah exactly um yeah, I can't say I've been thrilled with how the Hornets have managed really the last uh, three drafts. Um, but um, 
alas, it did seem like they found some good pl- good prospects, you know, later in the in the in the twenty twenty three cycle with NSJ and, and Najee and and uh, Amari Bailey too. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll get to a little bit of the summer league play, but we're going to also break down some clips of him in college, and we'll also see Brandon Miller, uh, especially in these first several clips, because uh, they do play, obviously, against uh, Alabama in the SEC, and we have several clips from that game. So what we're going to do here, like we've done in the past, break it down into different categories. For Nick Smith Jr., we have three sets of clips. We have a movement offense, which includes cuts, you know, backdoor, backdoor cuts, uh, dribble handoffs, things of that nature. We also have defense, both on-ball, off-ball, individual team defense stuff. And then our last set of clips is just a mixture from the summer league. So obviously not with his collegiate teammates, but with the Hornets. It may differ a little bit in terms of how he plays, both on the collegiate level, but also on the NBA level. So we just wanted to kind of separate that all together. And we did get a... I guess, suggestion from some people on YouTube about maybe playing the clip one time through completely before we start pausing it and breaking it down. So we're going to go ahead and get into this. And if you're watching on the video version, the clips will come through and we will do our best to kind of go through the highs and the lows. So what we're going to do first is obviously let the first clip one play through here. And this one is in a game against Alabama. So uh, it was a quick clip. This one, probably of all the clips, is probably not an involved one at all. I mean, it looks like early offense here Mm -hmm. with five-out spacing. And the wing makes the pass to the big uh, near the top of the key here. And Nick Smith Jr. looks like he's going to kind of cut away or screen away off the ball. But he comes back for that handoff. And let me play a little bit more here through this handoff and rises up for this mid-range shot. And I think his man tries to fight through the screen and the Bama big right here is in drop. There's a lot of space and he rises up for this mid-range pull-up. And I think to me, the best part or my favorite part, again, this is a very simple clip that we're watching here, is the fact that he plants very hard before coming back to the ball, sets up his man. And I think the energy transfer for this shot it's just smooth and balanced it's a very very smooth play for nick smith jr so nothing too complicated here spencer but is there anything that stood out to you in this first clip well a few things his footwork you know you touched on it the way he disguises what he's about to do i mean you can tell he really loses defender quickly uh and that's just by him planning hard into his left side like he's about to either go off a flare uh, a stagger or screen down for a stagger coming the other way. And, you know, I, I this is one of the most exciting things about Nick Smith to me. He has an explosive step. And I think the more you get him off the ball in situations like this, the better he's going to be. He has one read here. It's just the big, right? And, and you talked about it's in drop coverage. You know, I think one of the things that we'll see more of from Nick Smith right here as you pause it, he's reading that big, that big's in drop. A hesitation dribble, anything, that guy's going to blow by fives. If he can create more of a hesitation kind of move, um, hang dribble, what have you. Uh, but but really, really impressive here. And I would say, too, his little mid-range jumpers, they always come, or they seem like they come from momentum a lot. They're almost like floaters. They're, they're like floaters with a mid-range jump motion to them, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Um, we'll just say like, it, you know, he, he has the, um, those little hesitation hang dribble moves in the yeah. back too. So it's like, you do want, you do want that to be something that he feels even more sort of like empowered to get to as he kind of like maybe wants to challenge guys more on these looks. I would just say like, uh, the reason why we decided to highlight these movement type sets is because this is a role that at least speaking for myself, but I would imagine you guys probably feel a little similar if not uh, totally on board with me is like this is a role that I'm interested for Smith you know starting next season and and going forward but like you know maybe occasionally some primary opportunities on the ball um, but the majority of his sort of like live ball playmaking opportunities as as sort of a a zippy perimeter mover handoffs uh, dribble handoffs Chicago action Miami action pin downs flares ghost screens with Lamelo. Um, and, you know, can he turn into a reliable secondary scorer, secondary creator? I think the scoring has the chance to be there on certain nights. We'll see where the efficiency 
in the playmaking sort of show up, but his strengths for this role, speedy guard, good burst. Spencer was talking about his first step, good burst coming in and out of those handoff actions. He's crafty, uses the hesitation and change of speed away from the ball, which I think work well in these actions and allow him to also create separation. Smart cutter, constantly moving, constantly cutting all with the intention to score, which like you see in this clip too. And then the shooting touch, man, arguably the best in the 2023 draft class. He's so good inside, you know, 10 to 12 feet. You see it on floaters. You see it on a pull-up two here. Spencer was sort of just talking about how he, even on some of these pull-up twos, it, it maybe mechanically looks a little bit like the the floater and the runners. Um, again, really nice shooting touch. And I think it even showcases sometimes uh, like a, with tough finishes around the rim. And on this possession, I, I just like that it's like he's decisive too. He's got Nick Pringle in drop coverage. That's a really like athletic five. That's it. That's there in drop coverage. Nick Pringle can really move. He can really, really jump. And you see like Smith is able to basically get on top of him with that pull up to finish. Like uh, Pringle contest this, but it's pretty late. Like I, I would grade this as like just an okay contest. And it's all because like Smith catches him back. And, and instead of like taking one more dribble and, and taking a floater, it's just boom, one dribble, pull up two from the elbow. That's really good stuff, in in my opinion. So uh, again, I like the the quick decisiveness from from uh, you know Nick Smith being able to create separation and get to a rhythm too. That's a you know for the most part is a, a pretty good look for him. And, and we can maybe talk a little bit more as we get into this sort of on like you know opportunities for him to do more um, on some of these type of like movement handoff looks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, and I think all three of these clips happen to be from the Bama game. And we'll go ahead and get into the second clip here. Uh, Still in the first half. So let's get to clip number two as you guys are watching this. It's uh, he's actually defended by Brandon Miller there in yep. transition. And you guys talk about the burst first step and all that type of stuff. The word that I always use to describe him is just like quick twitch. And I feel like he uses his twitch to try and throw Miller off balance here. He doesn't obviously break him down, but he passes it to his teammate who's planted near the, the nail here and just follows the ball, gets the ball right back. And, I think because this is a transition play, a lot of players, I should say a lot of players, but some players are out of position. The the big is having to uh, drop back. And I think the the big on Alabama right here, is that Pringle again, I believe? It's, it's Charles Bidiaco. Okay. Who they saw in summer league with San Antonio a couple weeks ago. And I'm not going to rewind it, but in the, the start of the play, he's the guy that gets back first. He gets all the way to the rim, but it allows Nick Smith Jr. some momentum here to get all the way, not to the rim, but he kind of has like a little floater here. 
think he misses. Yeah. But regardless, even with the miss, I loved his decisiveness. That's a word that you've used before, Brian, after the pass in terms of, you know, passing it to the big, following it, getting that ball right back. Uh, I don't think this is a negative clip by any means. I just Mm -hmm. think he missed the shot. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like this possession actually from Smith. I like the early offense. I like the, you know, give it up, give the ball up and then go back and get it. Something we've talked about with Smith already. We'll probably get into it a little bit more is like, he's not stagnant once he passes, once he gets off the ball, like he, he keeps moving, which I, I think is something that can work really well next to someone like, uh, like LaMelo or just, just will be behoove him as he you know moves further into his NBA career. But I also like the quick, like flowing into the pitch and chase sort of like dribble handoff, which also turns into like de facto empty corner screen roll. Like you can see just so happens like Alabama's or apartment Arkansas has, I mean, the spacing is pretty bad on that, on that play. Um, there's like one, you know, I think it's Devo Davis. That's like almost at half court. Uh, then there's one guy on the wing and then Jordan Walsh is low in the corner, but he he basically stays short corner. Like he doesn't like space out all the way. So when when Smith comes off this handoff, Bidiaco, who's a good, not as athletic as Pringle, but is 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 large and like a, was a good drop center in in college in Alabama's uh, scheme. I like this. I mean, Smith has a tendency, I think, to settle for for those push shots, the runners, the floaters. Um, it's something we saw in summer league, I think a decent amount too. And look, he's got great touch. He's got Tyler hero, Tyrese Maxey, you know, shot maker, special touch. So these aren't even like bad looks for him, but obviously, you know, you, you'd like to probably like to see him probe and probe a little bit more and explore the studio space and, and maybe even get downhill in my notes. I've got, you know, I don't hate the decision for him to go with the teardrop over, um, you know, uh, Bidiaco and, and certainly like Miller gets taken out a little bit with the screen by uh, by Mitchell here for, for Arkansas. My only sort of like gripe would be, if anything, I kind of wish uh, Smith, Nick Smith Jr. When he's when he senses Bidiaco kind of wanting to like get out of that drop and get up a little bit closer to like contest, you know, sort of that manipulation point, you know, it would have been interesting if Smith had like looked for Mitchell on the dive here, whether that's a pocket pass or that's a lob. And he's so good. He's so good with the floater. You think he could really do the Trey young sort of like hang on to the ball, you know, kind of like, I always think of it as like a tunneling thing in baseball where your movements and stuff look the same versus a a lob pass curling off the handoff or the floater. And it it really puts the, the backline drop defender in a bind here. Um, it's a little tough because you know Miller's so long. He's in rear view pursuit, and and this would be a pretty tough like you know snap second decision. And again, like the window might not be there because Miller you know sort of like veering back on a you know kind of like a late switch almost. Um, you know this could have easily been a steal or a turnover or a deflection if he tries the pass there, um, as opposed to getting the ball up on the glass and, and even if he misses, maybe creating an offensive rebound opportunity because Mitchell has the uh you know the inside leverage there so I think that would have been a little something you maybe would want to see with him a little bit more and it's it's something he showcased at other times during his during his first year at Arkansas and overall like the passing like needs work he needs to be better in terms of placement and, and timing um but this is something you know as he's working in these actions with Williams or with Mark Williams and Nick Richards and James Najee like just to keep that guy diving because there might be a second where like the lob is there or or like a leading pocket pass is maybe there for a dunk instead of a, a floater. But yeah, Spencer, what's what's your read on this clip here? I, I mean, you laid it out really well. There's one thing I would like to see Nick get get better at, and that's not over dribbling. I mean, you see at the beginning, yeah, he's over dribbling, then he gets off of it and he creates an advantage. And I yeah. think he has a very good understanding of create, you know, his advantages are going to come when he's sprinting off the ball and not when he's on the ball. I would have just liked to see him take two more dribbles closer to the baseline, pick it up, throw it almost backwards to the big. Now he's got his defender trailing him on like a Mm U-curve kind of cut, opposed to just a a lane line cut, right? Mm -hmm. So now he's got even more of an advantage. But that's that's pretty elementary stuff. I mean, I think that he'll, he'll see that and understand that quickly. And say, oh yeah, yeah. If I create, if I make my defender 
run north and then change directions and then run south, like I have even more of an advantage now. So yeah, that would be my only uh, my only real gripe here. Are you talking about right here, Spencer? Where you could you're saying go sideline here? Try to go sideline. I yes, if you could back up like two seconds, but don't worry about it if you can't. If he would just take that ball and get two dribbles deeper towards the baseline and then almost throw it backwards towards the elbow to the big. So right here, he stops there. He's not deep enough. He needs to get farther towards yeah. the baseline before he throws that to the big to create more of an advantage because now he's running north and south, and now that now that means that defender's going to have to trail him, and that's going to be harder. He's going to create more of, more of an advantage. So that would be my only gripe, but I think he will quickly understand when he's moving off the ball, that is his greatest utility offensively. Yeah. Also, Richie, pause it right when he's like coming off the handoff too, if you okay. if you if you wouldn't mind, because I, I do want to freeze it. And like one of the things, people who are people who are going to defend Smith, um, I, I think there's some merit to this for for a guy who had kind of a tough year after coming into the college season with you know top five, top seven prospect status. You know, he dealt with an injury, something that he suffered during their preseason trip to Europe. Um, but also like the context of Arkansas's offense, like look at the, I, I know this is kind of in, you know, secondary, I wouldn't define this as a transition possession, but again, like the spacing here is just so like, he will not see it like this in the NBA, right? Like, it, I don't know what Devo Davis is doing. He's in a totally non-threatening position, basically standing in the middle of the state, you know, map. Uh, of, of Alabama what city is he in right now. What city is he on that state? You know? uh, maybe in uh, Birmingham, but in uh, like someone like Walsh, I'm sure he's already gotten this drilled into his head with the Celtics, but like Get to the corner. Walsh should be spaced to the corner. Cause like when Smith comes off this, like when I first saw it, I was like, you know, you're like, well, could he have tried to get downhill all the way to the rim? But there's just no way. Like the paint is so packed, like Bediaco's in drop. There's another help defender with two feet in the paint in, in Miller's, you know, also trying to get back into play after getting clipped out by the screen. So like, I think he made that. That's why, like, I don't think there's any sort of like, you know, advantage build read to his left because there's, there's no real good like kickout option, which is why the only thing I see, well, the only thought I have is like, well, either he's got to look to score or get this back to the, to, to Mitchell on, on the dive because like, again, like, he has only three guys he could pass the ball to here, you know, and like one of them's in the short corner, one of them is screening and rolling, and, and another guy, I believe it's Ricky Council, who's like a, you know, Ricky Council's awesome, but you know, it's maybe not like a great catch and shoot guy or whatever. So I just look when people talk about or they sort of get to the context of Arkansas's offense, the spacing concerns, how it negatively impacted Smith. I think this is like. So we can literally point to a snapshot uh, of it here as well. Yeah, I, I had the same question mark as Spencer in terms of the initial like over dribbling. Could he have dribbled sideline a little bit more and to create an advantage that way? But once when he got to this point, you're right, Brian. It, it was kind of out of the question in terms of what he could do. The options were very, very limited. I mean, Walsh has just got to vacate that space. Yeah, it's uh, and yeah. it's unbelievable. Even if he can't shoot it, I mean, it's just like just go stay in the corner. Yeah. yeah, right. You got to You got to You can't let the low man help defender have one and a half feet in the paint. Like, you know, like there's just there's no there's no space for for Smith Jr. here. Like there's right. There's their their boxes and elbows. And, and again, like Walsh is standing in no man's land and Davis is in. I mean, <laughs> he, again, like he's he's standing on top of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tuscaloosa at the moment yeah. there. All right, let's get to the third and final clip of this movement offense, and I'll, I'll let it play out. Here, it's obviously the same opponent in clip number three. This is my favorite of the bunch uh, in terms of this specific category. And as you see here, starting off, Nick, I think it's hard to tell, but Nick Smith Jr. does set that down screen for yeah. the reaction. This is this is their like Ram exit pick and roll. The Arkansas ran this a ton. Everybody runs this a lot now. Like the Hornets ran this under Borrego. They run it under Steve Clifford. Like a lot of teams have this in their their back pocket now. And Arkansas used it a lot this past season. And so you got Jordan Walsh setting this baseline exit screen, and he receives the pass in the corner and drills the three. 
I'm starting to love Ram action for whatever reason. I think feel like I've just seen it a lot in these yeah. clips that we've shown. Yeah. And uh, I think involving the first screener, which was Nick Smith Jr. in this case, is always the interesting part because he's got to get out of there. Because once when he sets the screen, they gotta they gotta find a way to get him mm-hmm. out of, you know, underneath the basket. And he does a good job of reading the screen in terms of the defender trying to shoot the gap. It's not like the not the biggest kind of like a uh, angle that he's trying to take off there, but he does fade a little bit to the corner here. It's hard to tell because of the angle, but he kind of fades a little bit there to receive it and create, you know, extra space for himself. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really all that I saw, but I just love the action more, more so than anything. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's good action. It's especially good action here when you don't have spacing. It's a great way to create spacing. Um, you know, when you got two bigs on the floor, you know, you can see how good Nick Smith's catch and shoot footwork is. Uh, it's a little hop hop. Um, I mean, you can see right here is the catch. I mean, he really hops into like both feet. I'm sure he goes left right, but it's but it's not it's not real pronounced. It's very quick, and he he's so athletic that he gets off his feet quick. He has a very smooth transition into his shot. So, you know, this quick twitch, how a, how quickly he's able to get his feet set and get the shot up is very very encouraging. You know, we were talking, I think, or no, I, I guess is when we started after we started recording. But, you know, this is this is a two guard kind of score right here. Right. Like this yeah. is a guy working off the ball, catching, shooting before the defender who takes a very bad angle, goes over the screen, which is really why Smith's able to get this shot off clean. But it's regardless, it's a very quick twitch, twitch action. And um you know, something I think he's going to make a lot of money off of in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is like Terry Rozier style offense, right? It, it, the whole thing is the setting the initial RAM screen, you know, the, having the screening, the screener action work in multiple ways. Like the screen, the screener look is it is happy is having the two screen for the five before the five screens for the one. But then it's also having the two screen for the five and then coming off a screen from the four, right? So, like, it's happening, like, ping pong style (laughs) back and forth. And, yeah, like, this is a great way to use – when you have, like, two non-shooters at the four and five, this is a great way to involve involve them in the action. So, you've got Jordan Walsh, who's a good-looking young prospect but isn't a shooter. And so, you turn him into a screener. Uh, When the Hornets do this, they do this a lot with their – where they'll have their four – be the one who sets the screen. It's, you know, it's been Miles Bridges or PJ Washington. And then they'll have, you know, it's either been Plumlee or Richards or Mark Williams as the one setting like the sort of like exit or smack screen, like whatever you want to call it to get Rozier or, you know, any of, any of uh, Charlotte's other, like, you know, guards, a look from the corner. I like the off ball read from Smith who you, you can't see it really all that well when he's coming off the the little that little exit smack screen from Walsh. But like Sears, like like Spencer was sort of highlighting, takes a bad path. He, he gets caught on the screen and then he tries to cheat over the top. And Smith reads that and he fade, he just does the little fade to the corner, like Richie mentioned too. And it just that's that's real simple. Like maybe that's sort of like summer basketball camp like drill kind of stuff of like, hey, if the off-ball guys cheat defenders chasing over the top fade right like that's like maybe that's an auto read but i still like that and, and again he's able to catch uh i think it's mark it's mark sears there who, get, who gets smoked on that and that's uh spencer will like that because mark sears was on the uh, ohio team that knocked uh, uva out of, out of the tournament a couple of years ago so he gets a uh, nick smith jr getting a little bit of payback there and yeah like you guys both sort of highlighted the footwork like he is gonna have to improve on these type of like long distance like off-screen jumpers but there's some, there's some shoot. He's got the shooting touch. There's some, there's some, you know, movement off ball mover instincts that I think are, are pretty good. And, uh, you know, just, this is the kind of shot he should be in the gym, you know, getting up all summer. Um, but yeah, that's, that's good action. It's, it's an NBA type play and those types of like exit screens, I think starting at least in a 21, 22 college season have started to like, at least in the men's game, like really start to like proliferate more and more um, in the college game. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, the second category, we want to move it along here, is defense. And I did not know anything about Nick Smith Jr. going into this on this end of the court. Now, obviously, just watching a handful of clips is still not going to get the full picture, but there is some good that I saw from him in these clips, especially. And obviously, we're kind of cherry-picking some of the better ones. But this first clip, we'll let uh, play through here. It's at home against Kentucky in the first half. So we'll play it one time through. Okay, so what I wanted to highlight is, first off, good on-ball defense out here on the perimeter. I feel like his hands are very, very active at this point. He's not fouling, but he's definitely jabbing and trying to you know, create some havoc there. And he does get hung up on the screen a little bit here, but does a good job of, of fighting over and trying to trail this guy. His head is always on a swivel uh, when he is off-ball, too. And you see here, after the pass is made out to the wing, he does see that guy drive and he kind of digs down. I don't think he actually like strips the ball, but the guy loses control and he mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the play to the point to where it is a turnover uh, because the ball goes up and out of bounds. So um, it wasn't him per se that maybe knocked it out, but I bet you he influenced it in, in a specific way, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, overall, I come out like slightly optimistic uh, on Smith once he gets stronger becoming like at least neutral to maybe like a slight positive defensively. That said, I think evaluating Smith's defense is like pretty divisive. Like, I, and I don't think he was like, it's weird. Cause I don't think he was like good defensively at Arkansas this season, but like he had the health concerns and, and Richie, as you were sort of teasing up at the start of this clip, like there, there are some, like some plays that make you that you watch Smith and it makes you think that, yeah, he has the chance to be not just passable defensively, but to to do at least be like solid, reliable on that end. A guy that you could have on the court in 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 a lot of different situations because he can at least guard his uh, his position and he's active helping. He tries on that end. Like say what you will about Smith, um, some of the issues he has. He's got good hands, which Richie noted. Active, really good hands. And he tries a, like, like at the, at the end of the day, like you, he needs to get stronger. He's not like a great athlete. Um, so he's going to maybe going to be like a little limited there until he get, gets some, gets a little bit more muscular, but, but at least the, the, the energy level is, is there. Um, you see Smith's ability to that. That's Oscar Shibway setting the screen there too. That's not, you know, that's, that's maybe one of the strongest guys in college hoops setting the ball screen there for, uh, for Kentucky Smith's able to, slink around it and, you know, navigate the screen pretty well. And he's able to get back between the, his assignment, the ball handler and the basket. Like it's, it's pretty good. You know, Arkansas is in good defensive team, defensive position here. Um, you know, they're, they're gapped up, but, but Smith does a nice job being able to recover and get back to um, his spots. And then you, yeah, you see him able to string together multiple defensive efforts here, because again, that's not just like any, that's a good play. That's Chris Livingston who shakes up, you know, from the corner, catches the ball on the wing and, and tries to, you know, uh, get downhill against the bent defense. And, and Smith is there to, to make that a, a more difficult um, opportunity as, as Livingston's trying to catch and go against a, you know, a scrambling defense and, and Anthony black, who's not really closing out uh, textbook style there against that little, you know, shake action coming up from the corner. So I would grade this as like a pretty good defensive possession, uh, for Smith in, in a couple of different categories. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times since I've been doing this podcast. You know, defense starts with effort, energy, and this guy brings it. I mean, he brings it. 
he could look at him heating the ball up here. I mean, he is, he, and he switches from left to right hand, like constantly changing his dominant foot there. And then the gap protection is just knowing how to play defense. It tells that this kid is pretty well coached or has been pretty well coached and he's taken the coaching. So, you know, I, I think Nick Smith, he's got to gain some strength. He's right. got to get stronger, you know, to be a point of attack, a fin- defender that actually matters. But, man, he, he brings the energy. And so I, you know, the more that I watch him, you know, I know we've already watched the offensive clips and now we're seeing the defensive. He He's really the ideal spark plug off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um you know, immediately and hopefully long term. But man, his energy levels is very, very impressive. And I think we'll that's really highlighted in this defensive clips. All right, clip number two, we'll have it uh, play through as well against UConn in the regional semifinals here on a neutral court. And so he starts the possession on ball and has to go through a uh, double drag, staggered screen, whatever you want to call it here and he fights through the top over both of them i'm gonna pause it right here i think that's anthony black that's with him brian yeah yeah it's anthony black so after fighting over both of these screens whether it's miscommunication or not but black decides to switch that second screen which might not have been necessary with how close nsj is able to kind of fight over but you know it's just one of those things where it's instinct but nsj definitely recognizes and is very aware that okay anthony black is here let me go back and find his man and so when they throw that ball back, he does, you know, have to cover some ground, not a lot. Yeah, yeah. He does overrun this a little bit, but I, I mm-hmm. don't know if it's all that bad because one, he did have a distance to cover. He probably was thinking that he wasn't going to switch there, and I think he, re, you know, he, he recovers relatively well. And I just think whoever this UConn player is just makes yeah. a a, a diff- difficult layup in traffic. So yeah, it, Al- it, Alex, K- Alex Caravan. He's a, he's a he's a pretty good player, by the way, too. And like maybe someone will talk about in the 2024 draft. He's not, he's no slouch to be clear. I, I would just say on this clip, Richie, like I, again, I, I actually think that this, this was probably by design Um, that, you know, they want to unleash Nick Smith to an extent, but you made the point. He overran it. Do not let the ball get to the middle of the floor because now all, now the whole defense is collapsed, right? <laughs> right. It collapsed. I mean, you took the shell and you just collapsed it. it. Instead of, if you can run it back like two seconds there, instead of him overrunning that, run to run to that UConn's play, that UConn player, run to his left shoulder, force him to go baseline because now you can, now you can collapse your defense towards the ball from sideline to sideline and there is no kick out option but when he overruns that the ball goes to the middle of the floor there's not great spacing here either mm-hmm. and that's just college basketball in general but in the NBA this is going to be a kick out to the corner wide open three you know so he's got to he's got to close out as hard as he did but he's got to have his chest parallel to that sideline he's running towards to force the ball down to the sideline and and we we know Clifford and his defensive schemes. I mean, that's going to be something that I think Nick will learn quickly, uh, without playing, uh, w- without taking away how play how hard he plays, so to speak. But it, this is just an angle thing. And I said the same thing earlier with him over dribbling in that offensive sequence. All that is is just him understanding angles and where his advantage comes from. Right, like your athleticism is going to make up for so many sins. That is so clear. That's why we drafted you. But the quicker you start to understand angles in the basketball court, you're you're, you're going to become such a better player. So that would be the only thing I would say here. Yeah, it's an interesting play design from UConn. It's sort of like that, you know, double drag or seventy-seven look within Jordan Hawkins clearing from the right to left. So it kind of, in a sense, it empties out a side there. And puts a you know a dangerous shooter to the to the space to the left of the floor with Andre Jackson, an, an excellent player, but also sort of just like chilling in the dunker spot. Um, and, you know, UConn found a lot of creative ways to like use Jackson as a as a screener and a handoff partner for for Hawkins. But it's also like one of the things that I do like about Smith, just to like highlight one last thing here. Like the reason why he is closing out to Caravan like that is because like out. Alex Caravan is a really good three-point pick-and-pop shooter. He's a good shooter. Yeah, yeah good it, like, yeah. you know, volume, high 30s. 
And like, I, like you know, I think this play is called correctly. Like, I don't think it, it, it's not a double dribble because, but like, Caravan's like gather on the catch is like oh, kind of yeah. weird. Like, he uh, yeah. kind of fumbles it. It's it's not a dribble, but then like he grabs it with two hands. And yeah, then, look at his feet and, there. And then yeah, drives. Like, it's a little weird. Again, like that probably confuses him. It's not a great closeout from Smith. It, it granted, like you know, something happens with the you know the screen there between he and Anthony Black, who like sort of sw- decides to switch up the line. Um, it, I don't know if that's really necessary against Tristan Newton, who's like a, a really nice player, but not like a pull up you know three point shooting bomber or whatever. Um, but anyways, you know, there's some sort of miscommunication there, and then yeah, just like the closeout is awkward for a few different reasons. In part because I don't think Smith's like fundamentals are like amazing but also just like the gather and catch and go from from caravan like it's not a double dribble but it's a it's a little awkward and again it's a least, bad pass to to him yeah, yeah. And, and at least you're running caravan off the line and, and not giving up right. a you know an open catch and shoot three or or you know you could also see yukon on some of these looks like there's such a money they were such a money high low team here like you could also just see sunogo 21 just like duck in and then have Caravan just look the simple post entry high low there. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. Not a great defensive possession, but I don't think like a horrible breakdown. Uh, yeah, or I like mean, a misunderstanding, I, you know, either. That's a, that's a great point, Brian. Like this, this is a lights out shooter. So you know, and this is what is this Sweet Sixteen here? What is this? So you've got yeah. less. You know, you've got a few days to prepare. And so Nick Smith sees this guy catching it and he's doing all he can do is to yeah. haul his ass right there and take this away. But just in terms of him adding it to his mental repertoire of like, let me understand where the baseline is and where the sideline yep. is yep. and how I can create, create advantages from those two lines, you know, is something I think he can really work. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what both of you said, especially you, Spencer, and in, in terms of uh, maybe not, overrunning it but i totally forgot about that bro when i watched it the first time i was like wait did he just double dribble there <laughs> it's that, close man it's close it, it had to have thrown off nick smith jr thinking okay well he doesn't yeah. have a dribble he doesn't have a dribble I, I can come out hard and try to contest this shot but um yeah. that's obviously not what happened makes a contested layup there and here is the third and final clip on defense we'll let this play through at home second half against kentucky and there it is. So this is late in the shot clock. That's one thing that we talk about a lot, Brian, when we've done these in the past. Just pay attention to the clock. Yeah. Uh, he is one pass away at the top of the key, comes down, and he is really trying to deny, 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 try to kill off more clock. But once when the pass is made, this is where I think the mistakes start to come into play. One, he needs to be more aware of the situation. Like I said, I, I can't tell with the logo. There's that eight seconds left in the shot clock. Yeah. Um, and they, they've gotten to this point to where they've they've narrowed it down to eight seconds. The defense has done a good job up until this point. I think he just jumps a little bit too hard at his man, too eagerly, and that allows his man to just sweep on through, takes him out of the play, and Kentucky gets the two points. And uh, I guess the end result isn't always what makes a play on defense because uh, we talked about you know, you know, his floater, for example, in the first set of clips where he misses it. But I actually thought the process was good. But I, I just I don't think that this process is all that great. Um, and I, I get it. He's very active. He wants to make a play, but he just gets a little over eager here in this play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like you can see Arkansas has really got their defense like turned up. Like the denial and the pressure here is really, mm-hmm. really good. Kentucky's in absolutely terrible position with eight seconds left on the shot clock. And then, you know, it's not a, it's not a closeout, right? Cause it, where Antonio Reeves catches the ball is like nowhere close to like a catch and shoot opportunity. Like he's, he's, you know, he's, he's standing on, you know, the, on the Arkansas map here, very close to half court. I'm noticing a theme with these uh, SEC yeah. uh, courts here, by the way. And then, yeah, I just think Smith, he's a, he's a little flat footed here. He's not in great position, um, and look, Antonio Reeves is like a nice player. It should be noted. He was Antonio Reeves was also breathing fire in this game too. This was like probably the best game. I remember this game yeah. and it was, and I think I bet on Arkansas and I was like, what, who, who is Antonio Reeves? Reeves like, yeah. Cause, cause he had like 40 almost, right? Yeah. Case and walls did not play in this game. I think for Kentucky and, uh, and yeah, Reeves Reeves went uh went in, went insane. So yeah, he's not in a good position, flat on his feet, and just like immediately Reeves is able to turn the corner. Like he doesn't even have to like do anything. It's just like a very easy swing through. 
and then it's tough because like once he turns the corner, Kentucky's offense has got you know Arkansas so gapped up or, or so de- not gapped up, they're denying so hard off the ball, and then you've got Shebley in the dunker spot, and then Livingston space to the corner, like he was a, a good shooter. So it's it's tough. Like there's not this is not like a great help opportunity for Jordan Walsh, who's a very good defender to c- to come in and help you know bail out his teammate. Um, but but obviously the breakdown comes from uh, from Smith, who really you know game time situation, all that stuff matters, and that's not great like execution or or attention to detail there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Brian laid it out perfectly. I mean, the only thing is like, look, Nick is going to heat the ball up. You want him to be able to do that. That's one of his greatest utilities defensively, maybe his greatest utility. But <clears throat> once the defender is denied. And then he gets into your body and gets separation and gets the ball. You know, Richie, like you said, there's eight seconds on the shot clock. Now, all we got to do is gap up. And if they make a contested, you know, three-point shot, then then so be it. You move on. But, like, there's no reason to go back and heat the ball up. Uh, and then you can see how good Reeves is here, keeping Nick right on his left hip. And pretty bad form there from the big. But, you know, it, it's just that... He, he is like an energizer bunny, right? Which is great. He, he's just got to learn how to channel that. So, yeah, that second, I'm going to go get in this guy's jock again, not needed. There's eight seconds on the shot clock. Just just let your gap defense take care of this. All right, let's get to our final category here. I'm going to pull up the clips from Summer League. This is just a mixture. There's no rhyme or reason why we did this with just any play that came through Summer League. Some plays are uh, fairly long in this, and this first one is uh, on the longer end, uh, but we'll let it play through for those of you on YouTube that like to see the full play. And obviously this one is against the Lakers. (laughs) Bailout shot, man. God dang. Totally. (laughs) So yeah, wh- where are we on the shot clock here? Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It, yeah. it's a late shot clock situation, and uh, he receives this little angled screen where he's coming towards the middle, and and he kind of jumps to make this pass. I'm not sure if he's like ever looking at Kai Jones here as I pause it. Like I don't know if he's looking for that. It probably is a, a difficult pass to make with that double right in yeah, front of him. Yeah, yeah. He ultimately makes the easier pass to Brandon Miller, uh, formerly a, a competitor against him. Uh, you know, at Arkansas, Alabama, now a teammate, and you know. It's late in the shot clock. He's got to stay ready for a shot. And he kind of drifts away, I, I guess, to kind of maybe create some extra space or maybe to kind of mm-hmm. not confuse the defense, but maybe think, okay, I'm not I'm not a part of this play anymore. But he does kind of create some momentum coming back to the ball. And he has really no option at this point. Four seconds left. This is probably his best shot. Just rises up smoothly, steps into the three-point shot. Nothing too crazy about this play, but... He does a good job with his spacing after he passes it uh, to Brandon Miller. So look at that range, I, too, dude. Yeah, look at, exactly. Look at that. <laughs> that, that's that's, that's literally exactly what I was about to say. That range, and you got the perfect freeze frame on that, Richie. His his form. He brings the ball down a little bit farther down towards his hip than I would like to see, but whatever. Like if you just play this all the way through, yeah. It, it's not the prettiest form I've ever seen in my life, but boy, it is effortless. And uh, in that range, I mean, that that is the number one thing. By the way, this Lakers defensive sequence is like pretty damn good for Summer League. <laughs> yeah, they, they were pretty impressed. Like they were playing two different systems because like when Colin Castleton was in at center, you know, they were playing drop. And then when they had their other five in, they were like up at the level, which that's what you're seeing here. I think Smith does a nice job. Like initially, like he gets two on the ball. Um, so he like yeah. he puts, he gets the Lakers into rotation. I think he makes a, again, like Richie was sort of saying, like maybe Kai is, maybe Kai's there he, like in, in space, but you've got the, you've got the, the low man help defender coming off there too. So like, it's, it would have been a, like, I think he makes the right read to throw out to Miller. Um, it's not a great pass. Miller's not able to like, you, you would love on those like shake possessions for like when Miller comes up like that, that like on the catch, he'd be a threat to just like let it fire, you know? Right. And he's like a little bit higher up. He's a little bit further off the line. And, and then you get just sort of, sort of like not great, like freelancing here that for I- Miller. But again, I don't think he was put in a great spot either. Um, and at least we've talked about this, like with NSJ during the movement offense segment, like he he's willing once he gives it up to keep, to keep moving. It's so like, you see him, he starts yep. possession, he gets two on the ball, he back towards the spaces ball. out, he comes back to it. And like, 
you know, Miller throws him a grenade here. Like Eric Collins would yep. describe this as a grenade. And, uh, you know, so who cares about summer league stats, I guess. But, you know, Smith has no problem just like catching and, and letting it fire. I'm not, I mean, this is really nitpicking here, but I, I'm not a very big fan at all. In fact, I, I hate it. I don't like when guards leave their feet on pick and roll. I, mean, I understand what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. It's instinct. They're trying to see over the top. They're trying to open up all their options. But, you know, you take your passing clock from potentially two and a half seconds to one second, right? So, you know, I, I don't, and I, I got a feeling just the way you just watch Nick Smith play and you're like, yeah, this guy's going to leave his feet. Yeah, I mean, it is. We're going to see a lot of turnovers next year of him leaving his feet in pick and roll situations and not having a plan. It's a a tendency of his for sure. For sure. But yeah, I I mean, and and two with Brandon Miller, like, yes, he throws him a grenade, but I kind of like this from Brandon Miller right here just because he dribbles down, they're forcing him baseline, he understands he's trapped, and he just gets off the ball. Yeah. Like, it's simple, right? Like, it's just Steve Clifford's going to passing love this. (laughs) <laughs> right, like it's like we'll take a shot clock violation before we take a turnover. You know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like Flip I know ball, that baby. sounds yeah. funny, but like yeah, no, he does true. get off the ball, and and Smith relocates and comes to it, and guy's just fearless, man. He is yeah. fearless, and he hits it. I mean, not only a deep shot, but like a decent closeout from uh, Hood Shafino there too. Like that was that's a big time uh, hit here from from Smith um, on on that shot. So, so Spencer, you're saying a shot clock violation is not a turnover in Clifford's eyes? <laughs> live ball. Let's I, live it's ball. like half a turnover. Yeah. <laughs> you set your defense. You know, it, it, it definitely will trend towards improving your defensive efficiency. No question. I, I do like the thought of like, um, you know, like in the, somewhere in the locker room, like the Hornets have like like four or five like you know like team tenants sort of like written on the wall. It's like you know always hustle, you know die for loose balls, and then the fifth one is like yeah. Uh, Shot clock turnovers only count for half. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever be afraid to yeah. run out the 24. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, this next clip, Richie, you can go ahead and tease it up, but I, this was like maybe my favorite play from from Nick uh, at Summer League. This was an awesome, awesome play. I remember I remember tweeting that this is my favorite play of the game. I, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite play from Summer League, but then I, I don't really recall all his plays. Yeah. But this against the Pelicans, if I remember correctly, correctly they were struggling really really bad to score to shoot it's it's 30 to 16 at this point yeah and i think you know the hornets this is a broken play you know they got to find any way they can naji obviously creates this offensive rebound out of all people obviously he's the guy that created a lot of offensive rebounds down in vegas and kicks it out to uh, nsj at the top of the key here uh, he's got two pelicans closing out on him and I just like how aggressive he is. I, I think because, if I remember correctly, the shots were not falling. Uh, he's going to think, okay, let me get aggressive and and get downhill. Little fake pass, splits it, and really, you know, he got a four-on-three situation. But he, got, he has no resistance here. No one really, well, I guess last little second um, contest there, but gets all the way to the rim, wisely chooses to finish on the left side of the rim. And one thing that I noticed that I did not notice for like the first three or four you know, three or four times that I watched this was, I mean, it may not made a huge difference, but the seal by Naji kind of at the end here, right about there uh, to give him some extra. Dude, he, yeah. he was, he was awesome in summer league. I mean, I think Naji like may have been their best player um, out in Vegas. He was, he was just doing awesome, like fundamental big guy stuff. I was very impressed. Yeah, it was, it, it was surprising. I, I didn't quite expect that he, he was really, really good. Yeah, from this clip, honestly, Richie, the only thing I took, like, this is like the swagger clip, right? Like, that ball fake, just the fact that both guys, boom, both guys go for it, and now he just splits them. Like, no, it, this it, is it, like the Jordan Clarkson thing to me. Like, he, he just, he sees a little bit ahead of the play sometimes. Mm-hmm. He it's That's like LaMelo-type stuff, too, right? Like, True. A yeah. chaotic scramble situation, the, the ball fake and to try to open up a drive lane. Like it's I don't know, it really, really nice stuff uh from from M- from NSJ here. We didn't we didn't get to this um today in the clips, but I would say the the, the one other thing um I was really impressed because I gotta run here in a second, I'll let you guys close it out with Nick. His ability to play out of the ball screen is a, is a major, major plus for this team. You know, I didn't see him make a lot of high, 
high IQ basketball reads in summer league, which I don't really think happened that much anyways, but he threw some pretty sweet lob passes uh, and keeping his dribble alive in the lane. I thought in summer league that that is really, really encouraging. Like I I talked about earlier, him over dribbling, not one to do that, but at the end of the shot clock, his ability to, to be the ball handler in a pick and roll situation, keep that dribble alive somewhere in the lane or close to the lane and throw that lob. I mean, he he threw some really sweet lob passes in summer league. Like, I I don't want to bill him as totally this volume uh, shooters kind of scorer off the bench. I mean, I think that's what he is, but I do think he has a role in pick and roll, even if it's in desperation situations. I just want to make sure I got that in. Yeah, we appreciate your input, Spencer. This was fun. We got two more clips to roll through, uh, but Spencer's got to get out of here. But uh, he definitely added some things that, you know, didn't notice the first time around. So thank you, Spencer. All right, guys. See ya. Later. All right. Third of the four clips from Summer League. Uh, Let me play this through one time against Portland. And and this was the game, obviously. The Portland game was his best game. Yeah. And I think we finished the uh, the clips with two back-to-back Portland clips, if I'm not mistaken. So first quarter here, 6 nothing. Got some 21 action with NSJ as the ball handler, using Kai Jones as the screener to get to the middle of the court. I don't think it's the best screen by Kai Jones there. No, you you don't say. Kai Jones didn't set a, a, a mauling uh, pick. No way. That's so out of character for him. And again, it's, it's funny. We talk about screening and sometimes it's the ball handler's fault, but I think we've seen enough of this where he just, it's sometimes the screener's fault as well. Yeah. Uh, so NSJ, me, has to create separation on his own. And to be honest, like he can't get past uh, DeVoe here, number 54, yeah. does not create a ton of separation, which, you know, whatever. Uh, but he does get creative here with this little fake scoop shot turnaround, uh, push shot, seven to eight feet. I think Spencer was talking a lot about his floaters. And mm-hmm. I just like the the creativity here uh, to try yeah. to get the point early in the game. And because the screen is not the best, he's got to make something kind of out of nothing here. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, it, it just flows into, you know, empty corner, pick and roll early early in the possession. And like, this is one of those things you'd, you'd love for Kai Jones to just be able to like, actually just be the thing that he can just like handle. But he doesn't really set a good screen and he doesn't like get out of his breaks quickly here. Like he, it takes him like yeah. he, he does it. It takes him a half second to get downhill They're in there. Portland's in a deep drop here. And, and Mike DeVoe, who again, not a great screen by Kai Jones, but like he's got good point of attack defense, good screen navigation. And so now book night is also spaced a little bit weird here, but like Portland's really packing the paint defensively, you know, like it, it Smith is seeing a lot of numbers in the lane. He doesn't have like a, a great, super threatening passing option. So, you know, we'll, we'll see like just how, how scalable Nick Smith ends up being, but he does have some interesting, like special shot maker sort of upside. And and, I, and again, with that shooting touch and the creativity um, and the different ways you can use him, uh, very interesting player. That's a tough shot that he makes there. It's probably not something that you want to your, your diet, your shot diet to like subsist of, but to have that kind of stuff in the back pocket is um, is interesting, I think, for uh, for Smith. All right, let's get to the final clip here. Again, against Portland, this was the fourth quarter that he, I think he went crazy in. Six minutes left to play. I'll let this one play out for our YouTube viewers. And we got half the screen covered up by Nate Oates here. Nate Oates. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I think this is also Ram action, Brian. Like it's yeah, I mean, it, well, so not not. I don't know how they would label this. This is I like I always I usually refer to this as like elbow or um or horns out. This is something the Hornets did one they did a lot for Brandon Miller in summer league. They do this a lot with Gordon Hayward too, where they they space the middle of the floor. They have the five set a screen for him. Usually on the play though, you'll see the the. Uh, the five will like chase after Miller and will go set sort of like a, a ball screen for him right after this. And instead Kai ends up setting like a, it's, it's, it's a weird flare. play. That's a flare for NSJ. Um, and I, you know, Miller maybe could have thrown the pass here. Like, you know, he's really far from the hoop, but he's open and he's got a screen for him there. Um, and it ends up turning into like de facto, like twist action 
because he ends up going to get the handoff for Miller, which then serves as one ball screen that's followed up by that second twist action screen there from, from Kai. I mean, I don't think that's how they drew it up, but that that's what happens. Um, and it ends up producing a switch, which is, which is often like what you're trying to get out of, out of twist action too. But yeah, again, this is something they did a lot with Miller, um, you know, in, in, in a bunch of different possession types, but you know, it kind of like looks like you space two guys at the corner. It looks like horns. And then you have him come off that little, like, you know, sort of like middle off ball screen around the elbow. And he can either like catch and shoot, look to score, or there's usually a chase ball screen there. Um, it doesn't happen here. We're trying to focus on NSJ, but would just say like, I love the combo move here from, yeah. from Smith. You see, you know, he's going to end up, he gets the little hesitation, which Spencer talked about earlier. And he follows that quickly by that, like, that, that that spin move to get not just downhill, but to really get deeper into the paint um, and, and ke- you know, catch Shaden Sharp off balance there. And then again, you can see the uh, the shooting touch there. So just like one of um, uh, the, the better, I thought, sort of like quick combo moves from Smith out, out in Vegas. Yeah, I, I guess the reason I thought it was Ram action, because I thought Brandon Miller was going to set a screen. He just kind of like, yeah. You know, yeah, he, yeah, but he kind of just stays right there at the elbow. But there's nothing more that I would, you know, add the the combination of moves that he has here. You almost wonder, it's like, it's almost like Brandon Miller was not even looking for his play on this. Like, it's almost like he was trying to give it right back to Nick Smith Jr. as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird design. Like, again, I I don't know quite what was happening. It took them like too long to get into the action, but, but Smith sort of ends up like bailing it out, I guess, with the, you know, the spin move there. And and maybe they knew that NSJ was feeling himself at this point. And, uh, Let's yeah. just feed him and see what he can do. And back to back possession or back to back clips that we show here that he has that little spin move. This one's a little bit different. I think this one's better because it clears out space and it gets him towards the basket instead of kind of yeah. like fading up. So, you know, I think it's to me like when I watched Nick Smith Jr. throughout these clips, it's a combination of the twitch, the speed, and several clips. He turns the speed and the twitch into control, meaning when he rises up for a mid-range shot, it's not too spastic where he's out of control and he can't rise up and shoot that elbow jumper or maybe get a controlled shot off a spin like this one that we just showed. So I, I do like the fact that he's not just quickness, he's quickness in trying to transfer that into a little bit of control. One question, Brian, before I get you out of here, do you have any expectations for the upcoming season in terms of like what his role will look like? Do you think he's going to get minutes? Because I've said on a couple solo pods, I just don't have a lot of hope, not because of him per se, but just because of the way that the Clifford runs things and just, you know, Rozier potentially being that backup point guard. And yeah, yeah, I I just don't really expect much out of him uh, in terms of consistent. Totally agree. It's like maybe conceivably there's an opportunity there just because like they're, they're maybe a little, you know, strapped for, you know, uh, scoring juice like you know, playmaking juice that type of stuff and like right now they don't you know they're without backup point guard and yeah i think if smith on the on the you know point guard combo guard spectrum if he was a little bit closer to point guard you might think well okay now there is like uh perhaps an opportunity for him there to your point about clifford like they're gonna play brandon miller a lot next season right i mean i don't think he's gonna start but brandon miller's gonna play i think a lot for this team it's just hard to imagine a Clifford coach team that I think I, mean, I don't think they're a playoff team at all, at all, but a team that probably itself is going to try to make the playoffs just because they're the, they're the Hornets and Steve Clifford's coaching them. But like, it's hard to imagine that type of team playing two rookies, <laughs> like, like, like two, two, one and done rookies. Like it, it's, it's a little, it's a little hard to see. I think he's going to get like, I think he's going to get some playing time down in Greensboro. I think he'll have a massive role there. I think there is a smaller opportunity for him in Charlotte, but he's going to, he would have to play like really, really well, I think to sort of like force Clifford to keep him in the rotation, like barring like that, I think it's going to be tough for him to see consistent minutes unless like he's really ready to like bring it from day one defensively. And therefore Charlotte, you know, that makes him more playable and you live with some of the inefficiencies on, on offense Um, short of that happening. Um, no, I don't see like a, a great pathway in year one. You know, I'm, I'm optimistic right. about him long term, um, <clears throat> and, and I like him a lot as a prospect. I think he was a very good pick at 27. 
But yeah, I don't know if the opportunity is quite there. Of course, barring injuries and the season, you know, going south, similar to the way it did um, a year ago. Couldn't agree more. I, th- I think yeah, he's going to have to force Clifford's hand. Uh, he's got to have to play well consistently out of the gate when he does get the opportunity. Maybe there's there's a way that he can force Clifford's hand, but I just I don't see it. But that's okay. I think a lot of the clips that we showed uh, show some positive signs, and it's not obviously something that needs to be done right away. It's it's a project, I guess, if you want to yeah. call it that. Again, maybe maybe the season goes south. They look to trade Rozier. Like you know, the, the, all of a sudden there's more. There's an imperative to play the young guys. There's a Coaching did new ownership gets impatient. They shake up the coaching, you know, tra- like, you know, there's like, there are ways you could see it happening, but like the way things are set right now, it's again, it's sort of like tough to see a pathway for him barring like him just being like, you know, two levels above where we think he is offensively or him like being really ready to be like operationally sound as like a defensive, you know, one and two at the NBA, uh, like right from the jump. All right, we appreciate everyone tuning in to whether the audio version, the video version, or both. Thanks, Spencer, for joining us for about 90% of this thing. Uh, It was awesome to hear his thoughts on these clips. And this is our third one. We're going to hope to do more throughout the season. Obviously, we're, we're shifting over to... Hornets and not Summer League and stuff like that. So be sure to subscribe. Be sure to check out our Substack. And you can find links on our link tree on Twitter at BuzzBeatPod. For Spencer... For Brian, I'm Richie. We'll talk to you guys later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.